Hello again, this is Noah and John from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan, and today I got Jonathan Johnson from Tripleman. Thank you for joining. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, I really appreciate that. No, anytime. So, so listen, this show is about extracting those insights in your brain here and telling people what's going on in the front lines of Manhattan real estate. It's confusing times, and we want to see what's going on out there. Um, so my first question is, is what's happening? Well, right now, you have to be prepared. If you're a buyer or a seller, you have to be prepared to deal with the market. Right now, the market is soft in most neighborhoods. So if you're a seller and you want to sell, you have to bring your price down to where the market will bear it. Yeah. And a buyer, a buyer's got to be prepared. Their paperwork, their financials, everything has to be in order. And they have to be prepared to pull the trigger. Yeah. Because the market never has a flat bottom. It's a complete V bottom in history in Manhattan. So if you see something you like, you should make an offer and be prepared to close. Yes. And how, you work mostly with sellers or buyers or a mixed bag? Or? I work with everybody. Okay. I have exclusives and I have buyers that are looking. Okay, so you have active buyers right now. Right. Are these, what I'm hearing from other agents is that their buyers, the amount of buyers that they're working with is starting to grow. And the reason it's starting to grow, uh, for example, I used to work with 10 buyers, now I'm working with 25 buyers. And the reason why is because the churn of those buyers is slowing down because they're not as aggressive in doing deals and signing contracts. So that turnover, where I used to do a couple of deals every month, it's taking a little longer and that's causing more buyers. Are you seeing that in your buyer activity or? No, actually I'm not. I have a list of buyers that all of a sudden came out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. They have their paperwork, they're cash buyers or they're fully approved and they're actively looking because they see the market has come down so irrationally mm -hmm. because yeah. of what's what nobody really understands what's going on, mm -hmm. and they're willing to finally buy something. They missed the last downtrend. And now 2008, 2009. Yeah, they missed it, mm -hmm. and they've sat on the sidelines, they've rented, um, maybe they bought in another country, now they want to come into the United States and they want to buy. Yeah, a any thoughts on why the market's down right now? Do you have any ideas or? Well, it's the complete uncertainty in what's going on in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we've lost the China buyer, the Asian buyer, because they can only get 50000 out of the clip, mm -hmm. where they used to come over in droves to buy. Mm -hmm. They can't. You have um, buyers that were looking to buy in New York. Now with the new, what's going on in the tax code, they're now buying in Florida, mm -hmm. and they're leaving New York. Mm -hmm. So it's really the uncertainty. And now this year, they're finally seeing what's happening when they're going to pay their taxes. Yeah, and, and it took a couple of years to actually come become clear what effect that's having, and I think that did have an effect. Did you want to say something? No, I just want to talk about, uh, you mentioned that it's, it's good for buyers to be prepared and have everything ready. So that's very much like it was during the, the peak of the market. You had to, as a buyer, you had to be aggressive and ready to go, and you're saying even now, that the market's sort of at a lull, you still have to be ready to go. Well, I tell my clients, if we find something we like, you should be prepared to make an offer. I'm not, if the market, if it's offered at two million dollars, I'm not saying offer you know two million dollars. I'm saying now let's make an offer. Show the seller that you're a real buyer and yeah. you're ready to buy. That's all, and they'll see. Because I'm working on a client right now, and we've made three offers in one building on the same apartment, the same mm -hmm. line, yeah. and. We showed them that we're ready to buy, and now we're just waiting for one of the sellers to pull the trigger and sell it at the price that we want to buy it at. Right. So, so, so just as a seller needs to be priced at the market to engage the market, the buyer has to actually put in a bid to actually engage the market as well, engage that seller to bring about the negotiation. Because the sellers are starting to realize, sellers, some sellers have to sell. Yeah. Some sellers want to sell because they want to buy 
in a state that you know doesn't have city and state taxes, mm. and that's I'm just encouraging my my buyers that if you really want to buy, be prepared and show the seller you want to yeah, buy. I think I think it's great. I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Jonathan. And I think um, managing expectations like that is the proper that's way it. to go. And I mean, with when we were doing buy side transaction deals, the first thing we would do is is give them the steps. And that if we were to bid on something, here's all the documentation that we're going to need. I'm going to need your employment information. I need your attorney, um, a, a local attorney. And the fact of the matter is, is that um, especially in strong markets like 2013, 14, 15, because otherwise they're not even looking at you. But in weak markets like now, sluggish markets, those sellers, they might be ready to go. And if you give in something when all your ducks are in a row and all your paperwork is in order and everything looks beautiful and all of a sudden you get to a negotiation where there's a gap that you have to bridge mm -hmm. and that gap may be a half percent, one percent, two percent, who knows, it makes it that much harder for the seller to walk away from this deal when all the paperwork and everything is in line, it's a ready, willing, and able buyer, and they know that I can have a problem either with the co-op board or with financing and all that kind of stuff. Well, you put it in better words than I did. I'm just oh, you know, putting it down to you know, how it, you know how it should end up. I'm taking a buyer out today. She's one of my favorite buyers. She buys you know, with me. She's an all-cash buyer. And we're going to look at some really hot apartments and I know that I can say to the seller, this is our offer, we'll close in 30 days. Yeah. And when a seller hears that, all the sellers in the building, all the brokers know that my buyers want to buy it. So we're going to get a good price. Right. Nobody says we're going to pay their price. We're going to put it out where I think it's a good number right. and where there's not much downside, yeah. where the cap rate works. Yeah. And, we, and we're getting a lot of attention because it is... My feeling. I, I, I love that you mentioned cap rate. So, I mean, we don't talk about that often here in Urban Digs, but um, it, it's an investor kind of um, tool to, to look at valuation. Um, are most of your buyers investors? They look at it in the cap rate analysis? I have, um, I have a buyer. I have every different kind of buyer you can gotcha. imagine. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm working with three cap rate people right now. And um, it's a great time to be buying for that reason because the rental market in the right neighborhoods is stronger than it's ever been. Interesting. It's just, so they're looking to pull the trigger and, and put a tenant in there for two or three years mm -hmm. and they'll wait out mm -hmm. they'll wait out the market mm -hmm. if yeah. they do want to sell again. But my buyers they usually don't ever sell. Yeah. You know, they're buying, they think they got it in a good price. Yeah. Um, and then we have families also. Yeah. They're looking. They, I have a woman that's been looking to buy for two years now, and um, everything was wet down in Battery Park City, and everything was way out of her reach. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start making offers because prices have come down yeah. two on a two bedroom, two hundred thousand. Yeah. So it's it's a great time to buy in Battery Park City. Well, and let me let me ask you a quick question. Just about you mentioned you're taking a buyer out today, and I don't want to divulge any secrets here, but I'm just curious, what kind of questions are you asking to the sell-side brokers these days to sort of suss out what kind of seller this is? Do they have to sell? Is it an, is it an urgent kind of... You know, I'm not, I, I gotta tell you something, I'm not interested in that. Okay. I don't care what the seller wants to do. I know the value, I believe I know the value of that apartment. I know the value in $2,020. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make an offer that we agree, my, my buyer agrees on, and if they want to sell it, that's great. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm looking to buy it at a fair price, right. what I think. I'm not looking to take advantage of a seller that needs to sell. This is my price. No, prop, props to you because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, no one can force that seller to sign anything. And, I mean, we could talk to them, we can get, try to get through with them. But, I mean, if they have a number in the back of their head and that number is aspirational for whatever reason, um, the last thing you want to do is put your client in jeopardy, you know, like, 
by saying, hey, you gotta go over to this price, it's gonna mess up my cap rate analysis and everything else, but this is what you gotta do to get a deal done, right? I, at this time in the market, I, I think that your buyers are gonna get their price. Yeah. And it's not that the sellers are losing money. The, you don't know, I mean, we can all go and look and see when the sell, seller bought the apartment and mm -hmm. we can try to figure out you know what they really paid and if yeah. they rented it what you know what their return was it's mm -hmm. really not the business is if the price is right that's right. right let's shift um you do a lot of battery park city work so yes i do so let's let's talk battery park city really quick i mean I, i've had a couple buyers that um, i i represented in battery park city and um you know, these buyers were just, one of them wanted a 30th floor, gorgeous river view, wanted to see the Statue of Liberty, um, and also had a monthly budget, you know, and most of the other products didn't offer that combination with the price range. West, obviously. Yeah, and, then, and then we found some, some Battery Park City, and, and even though the prices were, you know, constrained, or, or I'm not gonna say cap, but constrained due to the higher um, carry because of the land leases, it made this property affordable for my client and they're very, very happy. So in my eyes, who cares what what the breakdown is between the monthly expenses and the mortgage? I mean, because technically speaking, if the carry starts rising, the affordability goes down, and I think Battery Park City is a good example of that kind of scenario. So with that said, it's a land lease kind of area. Please tell us what you want to say about Battery Park City. Land, Battery Park City is a land lease. It ends in 69. The state owns the land that will be transferred over the city. There's I would say there's a 95% chance that something will change mm -hmm. soon. It has to change soon. Values are coming down. Values are coming down because of the market in New York City, but values are coming down. People miss the sales in 13 and 14 at the height of the market, and people now are starting to worry about the land lease. Yep. So you bring a buyer in, they're worried about the carry that it goes up. There are certain buildings that the, there are three components to a building's fees in Battery Park City. You have your payment, pilot payment, which is payment in lieu of taxes. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the taxes. The city raised the taxes this year, so they went up in Battery Park City. Then in the common charges, you've got your union, your employees that you're paying for. So when the union dues goes up, it goes mm -hmm. up through the whole city. Right. And then you're paying for the land lease. Depending on the size of the apartment, the land lease could you know, be two, $300, or it could be less. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're, you're paying. When you pay that land lease, you're paying for what Paddy Park City offers. Paddy mm -hmm. Park City has some of the most beautiful parks in the city. Paddy Park City, there are kids' programs that are free when those parks open are second to none. You have parks department people playing with the kids. You have knock hockey. You have everything you can possibly imagine. You've got, um, you have parks down south that face the Statue of Liberty. You have, you have the, that's the Wagner Park. You have the Rockefeller Park. Mm -hmm. So what you're getting for the two or $300 extra a month is really peace and quiet and tranquility. Mm -hmm. It's a different part of the city. You can leave Battery Park City, take an Uber and go wherever you want. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back to Battery Park City mm -hmm. and enjoy Brookfield Place. You can enjoy the museums, you can enjoy the libraries, you can enjoy the poet's room, you can enjoy all the fabulous restaurants that mm -hmm. are there. Yeah. So you're paying that extra for that. And a lot of the buildings have amazing amenities in that area. Yeah, they do. It's like a little cul-de-sac down there. Well, the I just want to ask you about um, the extra two, $300 a month, that's in reference to the, the uh, land lease. Right. 
we mentioned earlier there's a lot of uncertainty, the sort of depressing prices across the, the region. And I want to talk about the uncertainty with the land lease. You mentioned it in 69, it reverts to the city. Right. But it, are there options as to what might happen after that? Or are, the, are there increments every year until that happens? I mean, there's a lot of, Those I guess, are great questions. Those are great questions. No. Um, the land lease ends in 69. Right now, nine of the buildings, you can see the increases till 2040. So you can actually see what your increase is going to be They're each all mapped year. out. Okay. In, and some of the buildings are only till 2030. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are the newer ones that were built. Mm -hmm. So the nine buildings that were built in 1986, I can see exactly how much I'm going to have to pay going forward. Right. What so, happens in 2030 for those? Um, well, then there's a percentage. There's mm -hmm. an agreed-on percentage according to a lot of a, a mathematical equation. Gotcha. Okay, so that's, that's the, the, those are lower right now. Those costs, those are the lower of the buildings. Mm -hmm. The 333, you know, the different buildings. So right. the original nine buildings, um, they went and they reestablished, you know, they, they, they reestablished what their increases were going to be mm -hmm. because they're higher than the others. Is it possible that the rate goes lower when, when the, the, the transfer happens, I guess? Well, it can't go to the transfer. Okay. You can't because banks get nervous once you get below 50 years. Yeah, they just get nervous. Right. So right now the banks that I talk to... So 50 with, years, 50 years is the level. That's this year. Next, next year is 49 yeah. years. Okay. So I speak to the banks. I do many deals there. I probably, as a single broker, have done mm. a lot of deals. Mm. I'm not going to say the most. So I'm in talks with every bank to see when they're going to get nervous. Mm. And we're not even close to any of that. They all understand the situation. I sit, on, I sit in on the Battery Park City Authority meetings. Mm. Of course, I don't hear or know anything. There are no whispers. Mm. Nobody knows anything except the people in the authority. Mm. We do know that the management, the management are meeting with the authority. They do know they hired a new guy that's great. Mm -hmm. So they do know that they have an issue mm -hmm. that needs to be straightened out. So my feeling is that they're going to straighten it out. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know after, you know, 69, after 40 or whatever, they'll start decreasing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Battery Park City throws off a tremendous amount of money it that does. goes into the city coffers. Right. So I, I don't have that answer, but my clients are buying. Mm -hmm. They're buying down there as investment properties. They're coming to buy to live there because of how fabulous it is. Mm -hmm. Now I can talk about schools. Mm -hmm. My sons went to PS89. Mm -hmm. That was 26 years ago, mm -hmm. 21 years ago. Mm -hmm. The same principal, mm -hmm. Ronnie, is in PS89. Mm -hmm. In both schools, the parent association is so strong yeah. that you know, the programs that you hear that are going to be cut out in other cities, they have tremendous fundraisers, so it doesn't. Yeah. So that, that's a reason that people are, people are buying small apartments just to have the address. Yeah. Because private schools are $70,000. Right. So what goes on down there is, it's completely changed. I've been there 26 years, so I was there before 9-11. Right. I watched the change. Mm -hmm. Now I've watched the reinvigoration of Brookfield Place. Yeah. Brookfield Place has art an arts program that goes on 12 months a year of what goes on in there. They celebrate Christmas, they celebrate um, Halloween, they celebrate Thanksgiving in all special ways in the giant atrium. Mm -hmm. The restaurants are all fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't imagine after I left the West Village and I lived in one of the toniest buildings in the West Village right. and I moved to Battery Park City 
and I would never think of living somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, and, and my clients that bought there, they love it there. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I, I find that um, some buyers just don't want to live there. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, um, the land leases, and again, the, the thought that the maintenance is so much. When again, as far as I'm concerned, look at the total monthlies. Right, so if you're gonna pay one point five million dollars with less monthlies, you're gonna pay nine hundred thousand dollars with more monthlies. At the end of the day, it kind of equals out. Well, um, that's exactly the difference. There are buildings there that you can buy an apartment, a fabulous two-bedroom apartment on the river. You know, on a low floor. Mm -hmm. You know, you're paying one two, one three. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. and the monthlies are gonna be higher. Mm -hmm. Or you can buy in uh, seventy West. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to pay one seven to two one right. for the same apartment, and the monthlies are going to go low. Right. But eventually, the monthlies all come. They right. all, as you go further in all the buildings, um, one building that's really um, has has financial difficulties as far as their uh, monthlies is Two South End Avenue. Mm -hmm. Two South End Avenue is a beautiful building, but you can buy a fabulous two bedroom, two bath, thousand square foot apartment facing the river, and you could probably buy it under a million dollars, but it's gonna cost you $5,000 a right. month. Right. Because, but going forward, if you look at their land lease and you do your homework, mm -hmm. their increases going to 2040 are the smallest increases. So you're paying more now, but in five years... Right. Well, that's, that's very interesting because one of the things that we always like to talk about is that Manhattan and, and New York City, really, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a city of neighborhoods, but even in those neighborhoods, it's really a city that's a market of individual buildings. And you could have two buildings next door to each other, and they're trading at completely different rates. And this is a fantastic example of that because it sounds like in Battery Park City, you can have one where the land lease escalations are at a completely different schedule than another building, and that's going to affect your monthlies in such a... Uh, a skewed way that it really affects the math. That's well, you hit it. You hit it on the nose right there. Down in Battery Park City, your broker needs to understand every building mm -hmm. and the value add that comes from those buildings and what's going to happen possibly in the future. Nobody can tell it, right. but mathematically, you can tell what's going to happen in the future in each building down there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at 2 South End Avenue, and I'm just taking a look at Active right now, and there's 10 of them, and it's, it's the median sale price is six, asking price, I should say, is 610. Um, median size is 725, so these are mm -hmm. on one-bedroom apartments. Price per square foot, $900 price per square foot. Right. There you go. Average right. month is about 3577. That's what we were discussing. Right, so the thing is, those are offering prices. Yeah, asking prices, yeah. Uh, you know, I would, I would make a substantially lower offer. Yeah, so yeah. let me ask you this. If, you're, if you've got a buyer or you've got a seller and you're looking to price something in Two South End and you, you want to get it close to the market price, what, what, kind of comp, what kind of set of comps are you using? Are you going to try to stay, obviously you'll try to stay in the building whenever possible, but if you don't have any good comps in the building, do you have to make a discount for the different monthlies? Um, well, I have, a, you know, I have those yeah. mathematics in my mind. Yeah. Um, basically, that building is for a cash buyer. Not that it's hard to borrow, mm -hmm. but it's for a cash buyer. If somebody says, okay, I'm going to pay $700,000, and you know, I'm going to steal an apartment, I'm going to get a great apartment, and so, but my, so now I'm paying per month the $4,000 or $3,500. Right. I'm good with that because now I paid for that apartment mm -hmm. and it's, right. it's a free upside. I'm living in a great neighborhood mm -hmm. and maybe the values will go back up. They are substantially lower. I mean, I, I, I almost bought something there two years ago with somebody from one of the brokerage firms. He just wanted to spend a million one cash mm -hmm. so we didn't have to deal with the mortgage. Right. And we didn't buy in that building, but you do. You have to know the comps within the building. Um, and now it's pretty easy. 
lower. And, and now, it's and, and now I'm looking at the last year in this building alone, and the the price per square foot for the sales are 880, and the median price is 580. So there you go. That's about the level that they're closing at in the last year. Very interesting. You know, also within each building. You know, these buildings are from 19, these buildings we're talking about are from 1986. Mm -hmm. So that, you can't really look at it that way. You have right. to look at renovated versus unrenovated. Yeah. You have to look at view versus not view. Of course. You yeah. know, so it's really important. There are apartments, um, I, just as a simple rental. Um, I, I have two rentals and I had 60 people look at those two rentals and they're willing to pay a fee mm -hmm. because these rentals have been renovated to the nines mm -hmm. where you can get a rental less expensive mm -hmm. for no fee mm -hmm. that's unrenovated and the bathroom's from 1986. Right. Not that the bathroom's bad from 1986 because actually they put in really good bathtubs right. in a lot of these older buildings, but you know, the caulking and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. So yeah. that's what you really have to look at. You know, what do you have to do to the apartment? Right, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, we're getting towards the end here. Final thoughts. Um, you got buyers out there, you got sellers out there, you got agents out there. Let's just start with buyers. What would you tell buyers' final thoughts right now in this market? Um, it's time to buy. I mean, the prices could go lower, but it's never a flat bottom. It's an o always a V bottom. Mm -hmm. Do your homework. Have a broker that can tell you where the value is. Mm -hmm. And if that's the apartment you love, if it goes $50,000 lower, you're already 15% yeah. below where it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, this is where you want to live, buy it and live there. And, and you know what, you know in the first 15 seconds whether or not that, that property makes you, you know, itch, itch your property in the, in the areas that you want to get itched. Um, what about sellers? Um, what do you say to sellers? If you need to sell yeah. and it's your twenty or $30,000 above the market, put it at the market, mm -hmm. get it to where the value is and you never know. You might right. get three or four people, but to have it up there and they see it on the market for 200 days, nobody's even gonna come to it. Right. Put it, if you're gonna put it on the market, put it where it's gonna sell, maybe put it a little lower than where it's gonna sell, mm -hmm. and maybe you're gonna get five or six people that are really interested in them push the, the price back up. Right. But people are just not looking at overpriced apartments. Right. And it's a very good example in Battery Park City. Right. I, I'll take, I try not to take overpriced apartments because they're just going to sit there. Right. And the seller is going to be very unha unhappy and angry. Put it where some, if you want to sell, put it on the market where the market is. Right. And let the market dictate the price. And what about agents? You got agents out there that are trying to up their game a little bit. Think about the younger agents out there. You got some experience. What would you, what would you tell them? I know no. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> just be a knowledgeable agent. Know yeah. what you're talking about. Be exact. Don't say things that are not true. Right. When you have a seller, you know, you have a client, know exactly what you're talking about, where the marketplace is. There is so much information out there that there's no excuse for not being, you know, not understanding what's going on in the marketplace. Yeah, great stuff. Jonathan Johnson from Trippman, thank you so much. This is Noah and John. We're talking Manhattan. We'll catch you next time.